Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything didn't move. I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast. Play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the week, and the new league year is upon us as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 234. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Matt Williamson. Now, Matt is a former NFL scout with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, You may know him from the Locked On NFL podcast, and Matt's going to join the show because he's had a front row seat at the development of Javon Hargrave. And we're going to talk about Javon Hargrave because all reports are pointing to Javon Hargrave signing with the Eagles. Now, it's not official because he has not signed a contract yet. He has not passed a physical yet because of everything that's going on uh, with the country. And we'll talk about that now in a second because, again, this interview is going to sound a little bit different than what you're used to, but hopefully uh, it can pass the bar for you guys. But, again, look, it's a crazy time right now. I know that there are some people out there that are listening that may not want to hear about football, may not want to hear about the NFL, but I know that there are other that look to the NFL as an outlet and as an escape from what's going on. I hope this this show can prove to be that for you. Now, that being said, I hope that everyone's being safe. I hope you're washing your hands. I hope you're doing uh, everything that your local uh, governments are asking you to do, this with social distancing, whatever possible, everything like that. Please stay safe, uh, stay healthy, if not for you, uh, for everyone else around you as well. But that being said, look, here's my plan. I'm recording this right now from my house. My wife, my son are right in the other room. My plan is to keep churning out these podcasts, both the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade, as well as the Journey of the Draft podcast driven by AAA at the very least on a weekly basis. Now, anytime the Eagles make any big moves, you can expect a show breaking it down here on this channel and how it could impact the Eagles moving forward from an NFL draft standpoint over on the Journey of the Draft podcast driven by AAA. So we'll keep churning these out on a weekly basis so you can expect the content to continue flowing from me, even though I'm going to be here at my house for the foreseeable future. But let's not waste any more time. Let's drive, dive into our chat now. It's time to catch up with Matt Williamson in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, so I'm excited to welcome into the show, onto the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. Uh, I mentioned it, Matt Williamson. Matt, uh, thanks so much for joining us, number one. And number two, uh, I want to just kind of hit you up really on Javon Hargrave and talk about how he's going to impact the, this Eagles defense moving forward into 2020. Uh, I figured what I would, the way I would start this, and I, with your background as, a, as an NFL scout, then working obviously in college personnel departments as well, um, just talking about how I viewed him coming out of South Carolina State. And just going through a couple of my bullet point notes, uh, he lined up primarily as a three technique for, uh, for uh, South Carolina State, 4-3 scheme. But he did line up everywhere, from nose tackle all the way out to five technique. He's got some initial quickness to him. He played with good knee bend, good pad level. He's got light feet, pretty active inside. Uh, As a pass rusher, his go-to move was his swim move. Great swim move off the ball. He did have a bull rush, a couple other tools in his toolbox, but that swim move was lethal, and that's how he won a lot of his matchups down there in the MEAC. He was also in the run game easily took on double teams. He could drop to a knee. He could stay square. He could keep linebackers clean. Uh, he could stay in his gap on perimeter runs. He had the the range to be able to make plays outside the numbers and still maintain his gap integrity. I thought he gave pretty good effort uh, for a bigger guy. 
can be a little bit late off the ball at times, and probably a little bit more strong than he was powerful at that stage of his career. Not a guy that I thought would consistently collapse the pocket right away upon entering the NFL, but you know, I viewed this guy as someone that you know in college made his living with his first step, his leverage, and his burst in the backfield. I mentioned that great swim move. He had the ability to rip past blocks and run the hoop and find the quarterback. Wanted to see him prove it at the Shrine Bowl. So what do you do? He goes down to St. Petersburg. He was unstoppable. Quickness, power, technique could not be stopped in one-on-ones. He was one of the best players in practice that week down at the Shrine Bowl. Goes to the Senior Bowl, was a late add down there, and had a good week, uh, a good end of the week down there in Mobile as well. So overall, I wrote this. This was a very disruptive small school three technique that would need some time to learn the speed of the NFL game and improve his pass rush toolbox. But he had the athleticism to thrive as a one gap four three. Uh, defensive tackle. Maybe never a uh, pure Pro Bowl talent on a year-by-year basis, but could be a good starter in time, if not a very good third defensive tackle. So now I ask you, uh, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I was a little bit shocked how how far how far has he come? Tell tell us about what we've seen over the last few years, having watched uh, Javon Hargrave now up close since his time in the NFL. Yeah, very good scouting report there from you, obviously. Um, Thanks for having me. And you didn't mention when you introed me, most of my time now is spent with the Steelers. Like, I live at Latrobe with those guys. I, I do a Steelers show every day. So I'm very dialed in with that team. I live here in Pittsburgh, of course, and I've been a fan my whole life. I'm sure, like you Eagles guys, have been on the other side of the state. And it's just from a Steelers perspective, I bet they're kicking themselves for not signing him a year ago. You know, I mean, he would have been a lot cheaper. And he's their type of guy. You know, you develop him. He gets better and better every year he was here. I will say the Steelers' defensive line coaches are exceptional over that time, and they got a lot out of these guys and developed people very, very well. And, you know, I bet they're kicking themselves because those are the type of guys they love to invest in after their first contract. And I think your scouting report's dead on. And it's funny, I've read a lot of the – national responses to Hargrave to the Eagles. And, boy, I thought they'd get a corner. Why do they need a nose tackle? And you kept saying the word three technique. And to me, he's a lot closer to a three technique than, boy, they're they're getting a nose tackle from the Steelers. He must be Casey Hampton or Joel Steed. No. I mean, he looks like them. Like, you can – his backside looks like a drive-in movie theater. I mean, he is a wide-body, thick, powerful, low-built, nose-tackle type, but with a lot of quick twitch to him and a lot of upfield ability. Like, I think ideal in a, in a 4-3, he's a one technique, and then on throwing downs, him and Fletcher Cox are both lined up at three techniques. And a really good compliment to Cox, I'd – can't say enough good things about Hargrave, and I'm excited to keep talking about him. You guys will be really happy with him. Yeah, and that's why I'm glad you brought that up, because honestly, I remember when he was drafted a few years ago by Pittsburgh, I was kind of surprised, because while they're not, you know, I think a lot of people think of Pittsburgh as, you know, Bill Cower and the, the straight-up 3-4 with a 340-pound nose tackle, and, you know, while I know that they're not that, and they've, you know, kind of morphed into more one-gap schemes and lots of twists, lots of stunts, you know, they ask those guys to do a little bit more athletic things, uh, I think of him next to Cam Hayward, next to Stefan Tuitt over the last couple of years, 
it was a lot of fun watching them. I haven't watched them up close every single week like you have, but uh, you know, I was very interested to see how he would fit into that scheme when he was drafted out of South Carolina State a couple of years ago. Mainly uh, because I, you know, like I mentioned, I th- I thought he was a pure one gap guy. Uh, he obviously developed into a little bit more than that. Uh, what have you seen? How, how have you seen him fit into that Pittsburgh scheme? Into that Pittsburgh scheme over the course of his career? Yeah, and. and- I think there is a misconception if you don't watch the Steelers all the time that they're old school three four Hampton Aaron Smith type of setup. And yeah, they still call guys nose tackles, and they'll probably go out and sign some space eater on the cheap at some point. But the reality is, they ask those guys to twist and stunt, and are a lot more active than five ten years ago or the LeBeau years. They've adapted to today's NFL and realize pass rush is king. And the thing is, I mean, Cam Hayward's one of the better defensive players in the league. And to it, I thought the Steelers' defense was excellent last year and loaded with Minka and T.J. Watt and Cam and some great players everywhere. And when Tuit got hurt, I actually said he's the best. He's playing better than all of them right now. I mean, he's more talented than Cam Hayward. So in the end, Hargrave filled in extremely well for to it when he went down and got the most snaps of his career. But I think the Steelers just looked at it and thought, you know, we can only, we, we, most snaps are only going to have two of those three on the field. And we have big money invested in it, big money invested in Hayward. Both those guys' deals are about to get restructured and extended. So they're long-term fixtures here. And in the end, Hargrave breaks your heart to lose them, but he's probably only a 40% snap guy, where in Philly, I bet he plays 85% of snaps. Yeah, no question. And I think when you look at him lined up next to Fletcher Cox and with Malik Jackson, who's coming back off the injury, missed most of last year, you put him with you know Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat, the other young members of that defensive line. I think there's a lot of reasons for Eagles fans to be excited about this addition with Javon Hargrave. So uh, really, really juiced to see how he looks lined up next to those guys. Obviously, he's played alongside some premier talent already uh, with what Pittsburgh has out there in the western part of the state. But uh, you brought up another point that I was glad you brought up because it was actually going to be my next question. Uh, In watching Pittsburgh over the last few years, one thing that's always stood out to me about Hargrave, he's really good running all the different stunts and twists. You know, and I'd I'd love for you to just talk about how he was used all the it different doesn't show up in the stat up sheet, front, but how they were able to kind of leverage his athleticism and those light feet. Where he, he demands a double team and he gets into you really, really quick. Often, talk, talk, you know, hear your buddy Greg Cosell talking about you know the first guy and the looper and all that. And I think he can do both those things well, and he's gotten much, much better at it. I think you can see a lot of games, a lot of stunts uh, from him, and he excels at it. And it's not as easy as it sounds. And he opens up the doors for others to come free. I mean, there was a lot of instances this year where he just crashes into two bodies, Bud Dupree loops around in an open gap, closes sack, or T.J. Watt or Cam or whomever. And so he can do the dirty work, not in a Steed Hampton manner, but he, he can certainly suck up double teams. He can make people around him. The linebackers behind him are certainly going to love playing behind you know Javon, but he also can get in the backfield and make his own set of plays. You mentioned, you know, his pass rush repertoire. It's only gotten better. It's only refined more and more. He's better with his hands. There's a lot to like. I mean, as you can tell, it's kind of breaking my heart. I mean, they should have signed him a year ago. 
One last thing I wanted to hit on with you, Matt. You know, one of the things I love to do, and it's something I pay attention to, is just kind of looking around the league at the different decision makers and you know their profiles as team builders. And Kevin Colbert's obviously been in Pittsburgh for a long time, and one of the things that's always stood out to me is that they definitely trend more towards bigger schools, Power Five schools. You know, from 2010 to 2019, only six of the 43 picks in the first four rounds have come from outside the Power Five. So, you know, typically if they break that trend, it's for guys that are, you know, super explosive or were very, very productive. And they also tend to be guys from that region. A lot of MAC players, you know, Antonio Brown, Deontay Johnson last year out of Toledo. Typically they've gone for the smaller schools in that region, just inside that footprint around the Pittsburgh, Ohio, Michigan, around that region of the country. But it was interesting to me that Javon Hargrave kind of broke that footprint. He kind of broke that mold in that uh, he was outside of that area. And while he wasn't a, he didn't blow up the combine. Uh, he was obviously very, very productive. But I thought it was very, very interesting that you know Kevin Colbert, who's been there for a long time, he kind of has, you know, he has his types in terms of his trends on the draft. I thought it was very interesting that it kind of broke some of those trends uh, with that selection of Hargrave a few years ago. Yeah, that, that's an exceptional point, and. You know, Kevin's been doing it a long time, and people in that mold, you can certainly see trends. And to take it a step further, another thing that they they really value, like Juju Smith-Schuster was unusually young coming out of school. Hargrave mm. came out of school a little bit older, you know, and they still bucked that trend. They went for a small school guy in the third round that was not young for his, you know, for his draft class, and it just showed you how much they liked him, and it paid off dramatically for him. Yeah, well, Matt, really, really appreciate you joining us here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. Again, you could follow Matt on Twitter at Williamson NFL. You can check him out on the Locked On NFL podcast. Matt, thanks so much for joining us once again to talk about Javon Hargrave. Uh, really hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely, bud. Take care of yourself. All right, so um, the only other thing I have to do... Great stuff from Matt, and you could follow him just like I do on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That is one way to support the show. But the best way is to go into Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, leave us a rating, and leave us a comment. Here's one person I just want to give a quick shout-out to this week, and that's Eagles in SC. Left a five-star review saying, I lay in bed with my computer and headphones on, waiting to hear what interesting information is going to be shared. I'm a diehard Eagles fan in South Carolina. This is the most exciting time of the year. And Eagles in SC, really appreciate the comment, really appreciate the rating. I agree with you. It, it is one of the most exciting times of year. Uh, really really fun part of the NFL calendar. Obviously a little bit different this year with everything that's going on. But uh, over on the Journey to the Draft podcast, driven by Triple this week, uh, myself, Chris McPherson, Ben Fennel, we're going to be touching on all of these moves uh, that are reportedly happening around the NFL. And look, the, the Javon Hargrave move wasn't the only one that the Eagles are reported to be making as well. I mean, you look at uh, Hassan Ridgeway, uh, looks like he's being brought back into the fold. Jalen Mills, Rodney McLeod being brought back into the fold. So, you know, you look at the defensive side of the ball, uh, certainly that has been the focus early on uh, in the new league year for the Eagles and for Howie Roseman. I think when you look at the defensive line, uh, Hassan Ridgeway last year, Really, really impressive. You know, I I was excited about the move uh, when he was first acquired. Remember, it was draft weekend last year. The Eagles traded a seventh round selection for Ridgeway. Um, you know, and he came in. He was a rotational player early. Was forced into the starting lineup due to the Malik Jackson injury and Tim Jernigan's injury. 
And then before he got hurt himself, he actually put some good stuff on film. You know, I saw the explosive first step, the range, the violence, the urgency. I thought there were some really good things from Ridgeway on film. So uh, excited for him to be back in the fold. And then uh, obviously bringing a guy like Rodney McLeod back in. Uh, again, all these are reported. None of them are official until they're able to sign the contract. But, um, you know, I think you look at Rodney McLeod, you look at Jalen Mills, uh, adding those guys, bring those guys back into the secondary are certainly big for this Eagles defense. So a lot going on that's really, really exciting. Again, Eagles is an SC. Really appreciate the review, appreciate the question, uh, or appreciate the comment as well in our Apple podcast page. Great stuff this week from Matt Williamson and all of you out there listening. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Duffy House, I'm Fran Duffy. We'll talk to you next week.